Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. At Lemonada Media, we are on a mission to make life suck less. That's why we are so excited to announce the launch of our newest show, Good Things, a podcast we specifically created to highlight people and organizations who make our world a better place. Hosted by a rotating cast of our favorite Lemonada hosts and special guests, Good Things highlights incredible organizations that are solving our country's most complex issues. From working to improve the American foster care system to fighting to increase diversity and inclusion initiatives, this show shines a light on the fixers out there who are working to make good things happen. Good Things is available now, wherever you get your podcasts. BFFs and hosts of Add to Cart, Suchin Pak, and Kulap Vilay Sok are here to decode what we're buying and what we're buying into. So their hilarious, sassy, and subversive takes on daily rituals like exercise and their attempts at averting aging, shopping, and sleeping somehow still carries an emotional heft. Our hosts drift into conversations about body positivity, being a first-generation immigrant, and examining the intricacies of interracial marriage. Kulap and Suchin will make you cry, they will make you laugh, and they will take a closer look at what you do and don't add to cart. Add to Cart from Lemonada Media has new episodes each Tuesday and is available anywhere you find your podcasts. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, the unapologetic show about apologies. And this week, I've decided I'm going to take my gut health seriously because everyone else seems to be doing it. And so I'm just going to join the cool kids. And I am Mohan Adil-Sheikhi, and I am doing nothing to better my health this week or my life. So, And, and we respect that um, because this is America. You know, Um, and I'm Oja Lopez. And this week I am so excited because we have not one, but two incredible guests on the show. They are historians, best friends, Oprah obsessives, and the host of the amazing podcast, Oprah Demics. Please give a warm welcome to the show, Kelly Carter Jackson and Leah Wright Rigger. Hi, Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so there's five of us here. Um, that's a lot of people. We could technically be a mother, a father, and three children. Um, <laughs> My life. Yes. I, <laughs> oh, okay, great, great, great. <laughs> Same. <laughs> got it. Um, which also reminded me of Party of Five. It got me thinking about what other things five people can do. And I do think is, and this is just going to be my little tidbit, but is five an orgy? Because four is two couples. <laughs> is would you say that the minimum amount of people? I would say four. Four. Oh you would God. say four. 
I just was, it just got me thinking. There's five of us. And uh, I know you guys come from academia. So this felt like a sort of very, it could be a question that's out there in the big universities. I don't know. I'm sure there's know. a scholar working on it as we speak. There's uh, absolutely, yeah. There is absolutely a scholar working some, on some it. Some medieval right. scholar that's doing mm. this work mm. in the archives. Yes. I am sure if you go on Reddit, people will have opinions there. A lot of them. Yeah, totally. People love having opinions. That is something I know about people. Um, which, what am I talking about? Making fun of opinions. We all have podcasts. This is <laughs> this is the trade. It is. It is. This is the trade. But hey, I'm so happy to have you guys. The three of us have talked about Oprah several times and just sort of mentioned her in passing. So it's just an honor to bring the two foremost experts on. Uh, Oprah Winfrey. And then what is her middle name? You guys have said it several times on your podcast and I keep forgetting oh, what it is. No, her middle what name. Is it? Oh, you said it a couple times. Name? Is the, does Mia, she do have you a middle know her middle name? We need to do a Google search. I feel like I just hear Jeopardy music now. Does anybody <laughs> know? <laughs> I'm like, Siri. Hey, Siri. <laughs> What's Oprah's middle name? <laughs> Gail. Gail. No. Wait, no. really? <laughs> what? Gail. Of course. And they talk about that with their friendship all they the time. They sure do. Right? They, they sh- spell Gail differently. They spell Gail very differently, but yes. Wow. No, and you guys you guys have said it on the podcast like three or four times. It's just a it's a today thing. But I we we do like to address people by their full full legal name here on the podcast. <laughs> Oprah Gail Winfrey. Uh, Oprah Gail Winfrey. <laughs> or are we doing like Queen Oprah Winfrey? Because that yes. could also be your OGW, OGW, Harpo, that lady in in that time movie. Um out of all of her credits. So so yeah, we're just so happy to have you. So I guess I mean, Kiki and Mo, we've had like a couple different conversations about about Oprah, but what was like your first foray into Oprah land? Mm. I mean, Oprah has been everything. Oprah was actually, when I was in elementary school, I dressed up as her for a school project. It was like, I remember I had this this peach... like suit sort of thing that I was like obsessed with. And I, I'm sure I got an A plus. Um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit scared because I mean, obviously the theme of our show is I'm sorry. So I'm scared to where we're going to go. Cause I feel like we've had a bit of like come to Jesus meetings with a few of the people from my past. Obviously we just had W Kamau Bell on and that was about, you know, remind me of Bill Cosby and we've talked about Tyra mm. Banks and like a lot of people that I've grown <laughs> up with where I've just had to have like reckoning moments and I'm hoping mm. this is going to be a, uh, not too painful today. <laughs> it probably will be very painful. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it's not. It's not gonna be painful. Gonna there will be fun moments. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I grew up watching Oprah, and I. I didn't even grow up in the states. I grew up in Libya, and I wow. watched so much of that show growing up. Wow. And I remember being like, "Wow, man, Americans are wild." Yeah. Uh, yep, yep, yep. They need help, but yeah. <laughs> I think any daytime, if you just took America by daytime television, you would truly think we live in a bizarre land of like awkward, like fashion modeling of like weird clothing. And then for some reason, animals, why, why are there so many animals on late night and daytime television? Because who doesn't love animals? (laughs) Also, animals are unpredictable. And so like when the animal goes wild, you like, everyone's like, ah, 
You know, yeah. the tiger didn't go crazy. The tiger went tiger. So. Literally every every show has this segment where they just like bring animals from the back and they do not tell the guest. And there is usually this big snake that just comes up. And no matter how much they do it, like how many times it's been done, I'm like, this is so fun to me. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast. We'd love to hear more because we've listened to quite a few episodes, but would love to hear more just about how you came to Oprah, how you found her, which I'm guessing is similar to how Kiki and Mo just on the television. So we we started this kind of as a, as a spinoff. So I'm on this day in esoteric political history, and we did um, Oprah getting sued by the big beef industry. And I was like, so hype. <laughs> and Jody was like, Kelly, Kelly, I really feel like this is a podcast. I really feel like you could carry this energy into something. And so um, I didn't really take them seriously at first. And then I was like, actually, there really is nothing out there. And I would love nothing more than to like relive some of these episodes that still stick with me. Um, and so Leah, I thought of no other person than Leah to partner with. And we've been having a lot of fun, like reliving like so (laughs) many of the old episodes and like going through the archive, like, oh man, I forgot about that. Oh man, that holds up. Oh man, that does not age well. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's been good. I think, um, I think, and Lee and I say this a lot, I I came to Oprah, I don't know, I can't even remember, as a child, she was always on in my house, always on. Um, But I feel like I started really, like, doing a deep dive and understanding and, like, getting all of the, the episodes, probably in high school, the most, and certainly college and then into grad school. So I feel like in every different transformative moment in my life, Oprah has been there. Yeah. And I I would say, you know, Kelly and I say this all the time, but Oprah is ubiquitous, right? She's like, just, she's there. Like, she's (laughs) she's such an icon that I don't actually have, like, one moment that I remember where I'm like, oh, that's Oprah Winfrey. It was more like, of course that's Oprah Winfrey. The same Mm -hmm. way that I knew, like, that Barbie was a thing. I didn't have a moment where I came to Barbie or where I came to Teddy Ruxpin. I just knew that they existed and that they brought me joy. Um, She's like weather instead of rain. You know, she's just like, just imbibed in Oprah. Yes. But the, the other thing I think too, is that Kelly and I realized that, you know, there are 45, over 4,500 episodes of the Oprah Winfrey show. We also knew that like she was an institution, meaning that even after the show ends its run in 2011, Oprah Winfrey is still like, she's she's still it. She's still mm-hmm. the one that you're going to for the exclusive interview, right? Harry and Meghan, of course, mm-hmm. Adele. Adele. You know, and we were like, wait a second, like, why is there not a, Thing on this, right? Like, why haven't people done analysis on this? Like, mm-hmm. we want to talk about, like, of course, all of the like fun and juicy stuff, but we also want to take like a really constructive and leaning in as people who are fans and who like really just adore Oprah, but um, leaning in and take a like constructive feedback analysis approach to mm-hmm. these episodes and mm-hmm. like a class talk, like a class yes, like a mm-hmm. class and talk about like the good the bad and the really awful <laughs> yeah there is there's uh there's a lot under each category because mm-hmm. uh, you know i i mean i haven't obviously the show has been you know was done in like what 2011 like you said but 
doing research for this, I've been like watching clips and stuff, and I forgot how many insane moments that show had. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I feel like obviously the show existed before like social media was a thing. And in a way, the discourse that happened on the show between like audience members reminded me of how Twitter like is like today. Mm-hmm. Cause like someone like Oprah like let someone say something and then be like, okay, anyone want to quote tweet this? <laughs> just dunk on this very dumb opinion that this person said. And people would just go wild at each yeah. other. And it was so much fun. So mm-hmm. Kelly and I talk about all the time, like the early years of Oprah, especially yeah. like the, the the rating sweep or sweep sweep, when Oprah would do these like really Tabloid intense Oprah. shows, right? Like the L.A. riot show, for yeah. example, where she just was like, you know, say your piece. I don't care if it's if it's dumb or it's ignorant. Like everybody, let her speak, but also. Dear Grandma, you know, if, if you want to drag this woman, please drag this woman, right? Like, come on. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I would say, like, up until maybe even four years ago, I don't think you could have told me there would be, like, really bad things to say about Oprah. I think I was living in an Oprah bubble. Like, if someone mm. would come to me and be like, oh, like, you know, I'd be like, no, she's perfect. Like, she's done no wrong. <laughs> And like that to me is what Oprah represented. She was just like, like, no, but you, could- would, you would be surprised because I feel like I feel like millennials on up have like this love affair with Oprah. But like mm-hmm. Gen Zers are like death to Oprah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when it comes to either Dr. Oz or when it comes to like Dr. Phil or like some of these people that she has given a platform that they are not here for anymore. And because they they grew up in a moment where she wasn't really on the air like like the way yeah. that she was for us, they don't have that same sort of you know affinity for her. So it's interesting to hear how how listeners respond to different episodes. I also think they like Gen Z like now are not just Oprah, but they're also seeing the worst versions of Doctor Oz and Doctor mm. Phil. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like Doctor like it's not Doctor like Doctor Oz was great before, but he is much worse now mm-hmm. yeah he's mm-hmm. fully formed in his like worst pokemon yeah 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 this guy went from just talking about what you should eat so your poop would look normal to being like <laughs> yeah i think i can represent people in the united states senate this is exactly <laughs> what i'm gonna do in a state that i didn't I do not live in yeah <laughs> it's bad yeah. yeah and you guys did a kind of a whole episode it seems you know when i listen to the episodes you guys i i can see that you have this sort of like reverence for oprah and it's almost like there's a little bit of sort of like pain and having to go into the more difficult stuff which i think is so symbolic of how you love flawed people is like okay i know we got to talk about the hard stuff but definitely i think the the platform stuff uh, is hard but i also think it's very like um it's reflective of where we were in the mm. times in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I feel like Oprah's show, because it was so in the zeitgeist at that time, had to cover some of these this crazy stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, oh, it does. absolutely. We, it so, does. So we're, we, uh, you know, down the road, we're doing an episode on The Secret, right? And right now, mm-hmm. if you look at like, Gen Z Twitter or beyond, people are like, oh, the secret, right? The secret is evil. The secret is terrible. And then you look back and you're like, wait a second. 
every single one of you like had a copy of The Secret. We all had that <laughs> list on our wall. We all watched the DVD. We're manifesting. We're manifesting. Like, <laughs> like just to put on my academic cap for a second, I literally like have a PhD, right? And I have like critical screen thinking and all that stuff. And I definitely watched that DVD too and bought the book. <laughs> Talked about like manifesting my, you know. But I think oh, that the, man. you know, yeah. the 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 notion that people should have known better in some areas, right? There's some areas that are that are very different. Like we're not talking about Bill Cosby. We're talking about like the secret. There's some areas, this idea that we should have known better when the reality is like we didn't know better. <laughs> or and, didn't want to know better. Or didn't want to know better. And not only that, like Kelly talks a lot too about like sometimes audiences demand these things um, of, in this case, Oprah. And so maybe our critique isn't just at Oprah, who is the zeitgeist of the moment, but also at the audience for demanding it of her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For the insa- yeah. insatiable appetite that feeds this, because it's like, even even with Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil, what startled me so much is that, yeah, you could look at a lot of their stuff and be like, this is trash. But they were like number two in the ratings, number three in the ratings, all behind Oprah. Like people loved them. Dr. Phil still, he's going down to his 23rd season. That's like, mm-hmm. what? Like, exactly, it's insane yeah. to me. And it was also like hard to have a discussion about it. Like I said, you know, like back then social media was not as it is now. So it was hard to find like like-minded people. Like if even if I see Dr. Oz saying something that I think is insane back then, I'm like, but no one is saying it's insane. So it must be right. Mm. Even if I don't think it is. And But no one, you know, I don't have anyone who agrees with me. So I'm just like, maybe I'm wrong. Mm. And you just change your mind. But now, I mean, and also like the whole like knowing better thing. Like I'm sure like 10, 20 years from now, people will look at like today and be like, cannot believe people were buying pink sauce off of TikTok. You know? Hi guys, we're so excited to remind you that we have some really fun weekly bonus episodes that you can listen to by subscribing to I'm Sorry Premium through Spotify subscriptions. For just $1.99 a month, you get a new episode each Tuesday, in addition to Friday's main episode. So for our first Spotify series, we're counting down the top 10 worst YouTube apologies of all time. And we've been doing this for a few weeks and are currently at number five, and it is a doozy of an apology. So to sign up, all you have to do is go to I'm Sorry show page on Spotify, where you'll find a link to subscribe in the show's description. Then just enter your details and tap subscribe. To start listening, either tap activate on Spotify or copy the private RSS link and paste it into any podcast app of your choice. The first five episodes are out right now. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few, and of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. 
Did you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now wherever you get your podcasts. I know that on the podcast you guys talked to about kind of her positioning of Donald Trump and it was mm-hmm. very sort of like, look at how much shit this guy has, which is <laughs> so bizarre to me. I know. Do you guys remember these episodes? I yes, do. absolutely. I do. She absolutely. would give like tours of his home tours of his office i mean we all got to see like the the gold pillars or whatever i mean there's everything was in gold everything was just in draped in gold it was so excessive um even i think their stroller had like gold on it or i was like this is ridiculous but at the same time i'm not gonna lie like i remember especially watching I think it was Ivanka Trump who had like her clothing line. I think she came out and did like a whole thing on her clothing line. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Oh, okay. I like that. Like, (laughs) you know, this was before these people were that complicated as they were now. It was okay to appreciate that kind of like ostentatious wealth because no one thought Donald Trump was going to be president. And so it felt harmless to like buy Ivanka shoes or a Donald Trump tie or whatever it was. And it's also it's it's also pre birther, right? Like Donald yeah. Trump birther movement. And so now we know, like in retrospect, that he was already moving in those circles. Certainly we have the evidence of like the Central Park Five or the Exonerated mm-hmm. Five, whatever we're gonna however we're gonna refer to it. But we also know that he has he he deliberately surrounds himself with um Black wealth, right? And black entertainment. Hip-hop artists. And hip-hop artists and athletes who have this kind of weird reciprocal relationship with him because of his, you know, his materialism and his wealth. And so that becomes part and parcel of who Trump is, right? He's very much, you know, I always call him the first lifestyles of the rich and famous candidate, political candidate, because that's the era that he has made, that he he really, you know, um, and so it's all smoke and mirrors, but it's all money, right? The appearance yeah. of money. And so, you know, that's what Americans are like deeply greedy for mm. in, in the 1980s and the 1990s while Trump is making these appearances on the show. Like we're titillated by the idea of Donald Trump, like billionaire extraordinaire, saying something because we also know, right? Like we admire him for his money, but we also know, like Kelly said, that it's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to actually influence politics and it's Mm -hmm. it's safer. Mm -hmm. It would have been unimaginable. Unimaginable. Okay, I do have a question about billions of dollars. If you got a billion dollars and you can't spend it on anything like good, like debt or your children you can't spend it on anything good you have to spend what? it on something like like just for you like a total luxury splurge splurge what would you guys get my question oh, to the orgy man. out here just throw it out there. i mean i have an answer i have an answer but i want to hear other people hear okay it. oh man i need to think hold up okay think about it kiki mo you go first 
I mean, I probably end up like getting a compound somewhere where everybody I love live. Like, I just want to be by myself, but yes. with the people that I want to be around. Pandemic and, dreams. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, like, yeah, I was going to do the same, you know, like buy like a big house and then another house and then like some cars and shit. And, you know. <laughs> I mean, if I'm an if, if I'm an evil overlord billionaire, I'm buying a mega yacht. Okay, yes. <laughs> I'm buying a mega yacht, and I am going to buy an island yes, somewhere say island. where it is warm, 365 <laughs> days of the year. Yes, and Honestly, I'm Leo, sailing this is around. Me compound vibes too. I right? love that we're all just like compounds. Why, Leo? And I'm we going are the to same have, person. <laughs> I am going to have a helicopter landing pad on yeah. my mega yacht. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So facts. that I don't have to travel. Right. I can just land yes. my helicopter on there. Yeah. And yeah. come and go. Right. Like, did anyone yeah. see Tenant, the movie Tenant? I want a mega evil villain, <laughs> super villain mega yacht. Like <laughs> Compound on water, essentially. Is I vibe. want. Yes. I want Encanto. I want like mountains <laughs> surrounding the <laughs> island. Like, I want probably one of those, um, you know, those like jumbo jets that you see with like Qatari Airlines or whatever that has like oh, like yes. mini apartments inside the airplane. Yeah. I would totally. So when I fly, I'm still like in an apartment. Like, yeah, right. I when would, you need to go from Calabasas to downtown LA. Climbing yeah. criminal. Climbing criminal. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And you know, some shoes, some handbags. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, All yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I think the very, yeah, the very first thing I think I'd do, I would get like, a flight for me and all my friends mm. to go somewhere like crazy cool. And I would be like, I will pay your rent for that month. I will cover <laughs> everything. And we Love are, it. and you were kids are going to be taken care of. Yes. Your yes. Dogs will have, will be in the, I was like in the pound. That's not where they go in the dog hotel. And <laughs> on a farm, on a farm, on the farm. Right. And no, we are going to go. <laughs> I guess. Yes. I mean, but I'll say this. I mean, I've never had a billion dollar, like anything even close to that. Uh, but um, if you have that much money, it will it will change you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You're, you're, you're absolutely. saying that now. Like I've, uh, you know, I've, I've I've got a bonus at work once, and I literally just stopped talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what Oprah says? She says that money makes you more of who you already are. So that true, true. if you are stingy and selfish before you get money, you will certainly be stingy and selfish mm-hmm. after you get money. And if you are giving before, you will be giving after. She says she's the same person. She just has better shoes. Well, that actually <laughs> makes so much sense because like we try to figure out like the lottery curse. Like why do all these people go broke? And it's like, well, they're spending thousands of dollars on the lottery each week. Of course, when they win, they're going to be irresponsible <laughs> with their money once they have it. <laughs> True. True. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. And I, and I think it's also like, you know, uh, since we're talking about Oprah and money and all of that and being like the same person, I think, like, I I just think a lot of, like, the, there's a lot of valid criticism about the stuff that she's she's doing. But to me, it's never, like, was, like, malicious. It always, like, felt like mm. it was misguided. Mm. Like, mm. she thinks she's mm-hmm. doing the right thing by... Because we thought, like, one of this stuff that we had when we were uh, researching for this episode is, like, the episode of the uh, Wagon of Fat. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
which I'm sure back then she was like, this is good. This is such a good thing to do. People need to understand and this will help so many people. And mm-hmm. I think even her looking back at it now, she's like, holy shit, why did yeah. we do that? Yeah. yeah, it did not. I think that's the... I think you're spot on with that. I don't think that there's some people that are billionaires and it's clear that they have evil intentions, you know, like for <laughs> horrific. They are super villains. Yes, they are yes. super villains. But I think that, you know, um, I, I feel like I always have to go back to the fact that like Oprah grew up in deep south Mississippi. She grew mm-hmm. up poor. She grew up with trauma. She grew up with uh, violence and, you know, Becoming who she is, I think a lot of her decisions are shaped by her childhood, by those experiences. And so um, I I like to give her a lot of grace because I feel like, you know, she is never trying to intentionally harm someone. And oftentimes, like in the wagon of fat, she's really harming herself. I mean, like, she was on a liquid only diet for For months. months, For six weeks, I mean, or something. She could have died. I mean, that's nothing about what she did was healthy at all. Now, it's harmful Mm -hmm. to other people and that it becomes aspirational. So other people start doing the, what was it, quick slim or all those nasty shakes that people would drink to like get slim or whatever, or juicing or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, those are the things that I think are, I'm, it's bad, but I'm sympathetic in a way because I realized that um, we all have certain things that we have done to either lose weight for an event or Mm -hmm. to, to pump something that, that in hindsight does not, does not look good anymore. And I think there, you know, there are people out there, of course, who who disagree vehemently with with Kelly and me. But we do believe that intent matters, and that with Oprah, part of the reason I think we go through so much nuance and so much analysis and so much care with everything is because we do truly believe that that she has positive intentions, that she mm-hmm. is not doing this maliciously, that she is, you know, when in the moments where she messes up and we're all like, what? What's what's, you know, looking back, what, what why would this why would you do it like this? We understand that that it, it's not something that's like out there nefarious cigar filled smoked back rooms and all of this kind of stuff. It's not yeah. super villainy. Yeah. yeah. But she instead, starts a school. Right? I mean, she starts right. a school. She's not starting a school to like keep kids stupid. You know, like it's not like yeah, this yeah. kind of factory that she's trying to produce. She's trying to give everyone opportunities and chances to improve themselves or in her mm. words to live their best lives. You know, like I feel like that's always been sort of her her mantra. Absolutely, yeah. But at the same time, I just think, uh, you know, back then she, I mean, she, I feel like when she had her show, she was, I wouldn't say involved in politics, but she talked so much about, so much about like, you know, like race issues. And one thing that came to my attention was looking this stuff up is the, when she went and visited a county that like no black person had lived in for like 75 oh, years. Oh, like Georgia. Georgia. That was insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's the episode that she says she regrets. Yeah. Oh, she d- yeah. she does. Why, why is that? That episode, it sort of covers, um, it's covered in more than one episode, but she interviews a lot of people uh, from that town. She also interviews people who are basically Klansmen. Um, and she felt like she was giving them a platform. Like she felt like when these mm. Klansmen, when these white supremacists came on her show, they're like, great, I've got a camera. Like, I've I've got a soundstage. 
I can say my crazy shit. Yes, yes. And she was like, I actually don't want to give you a mic. You know what I mean? I don't actually want to give you visibility in this way because she realized that that's what they were doing with her show. I think in some ways she got a little out of, she lost a little bit of control in platforming them. And I think that's what she regretted so much. I think if she had just done the show just on foresight to show that this is like a racist town, that would have been one thing. But um, that show got that really unwieldy. And, um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's sad to see just like how the, the violent vitriol that was exposed in that show, I think as a historian is still useful, but for daytime talk show, it, it got off the rails. And I think that's what she, she, she hadn't done. Yeah, these people were saying the most horrible shit with the, with their whole faces on TV, and I was yes. just like, and it's insane because yes. it wasn't that long ago. And, no, and we're doing like eighties. Like they're all alive, you know. Yeah, they're all and, there. Yeah, it's fascinating too, though, because it's the episode that so many, so many people were like, "That was the episode I remember." Right, like mm. the people mm. that we brought on the show, people writing in, people leaving us reviews. They were like we remember that it's like burned into our memory. And so it's interesting to see, you know, a show that was so instrumental in so many people's formation of their racial consciousness is the show that, that, that Oprah regrets. Right. Mm. Um, But for very different reasons. Mm -hmm. I don't think she regrets ever talking about race. It's how, how we talk about race and racism. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Cause I mean, there there was so much of that. There was, you know, there's, there's this episode, there's this, um, uh, episode about the uh, Rodney King verdict as well when mm-hmm. you know people were just weighing in and I remember this like young lady was just you know yelling about like how people should have watched the whole video mm-hmm. uh, and and all of that so there's like a lot of back and forth and and I don't know like it's it seems like sometimes like yeah you lose control when you like let people just say whatever they want because people will say the wildest shit on TV and they do not care mm-hmm mm-hmm and they'll just say stuff. So I'm not sure how she feels about these. You know, like you said that episode she regretted, but there were like a lot of like similar episodes like that. There's, there's, that's for, to me, the first maybe five, almost 10 years of Oprah, what I call like OG Oprah, yeah. is like the tabloid Oprah. It's mm-hmm. your, it's, it's Oprah, it's Phil Donahue, it's Jerry Springer, it's Sally Jesse Raphael, it's Ricky Lake, it's all of these people. That, like, I remember one, this was not the Oprah show, it was probably, like, um, Jerry Springer or somebody, where they brought in, like, hardcore, like, black nationalists and, you know, white supremacists Mm -hmm. or whatever and had Mm -hmm. them duke it out. Like, this real, like, carnival-esque kind of, like, crazy, the audience would be very much a part of the show. When you look at Oprah, certainly post-2000, but into the late 90s, she's not really taking questions from the audience anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is my show, you're welcome to watch, but... You know, the mic stays here. (laughs) It's very much a shift from we, you know, the audience has something to teach all of us to I have something to teach the audience. (laughs) Yes. And so you will learn something from in like even the music of the show changes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we so Kelly. Yeah. Kelly and I talk about Oprah 1.0 and then Oprah 2.0. And there's like a hard noticeable shift where she decides like I am the boss and this is the kind of show I want to run. She did the equivalent of like on Twitter where like you choose who replies and she was like, enough. <laughs> enough. enough. I don't want to. No I've heard enough. Uh, no I've more. let you speak and I did not hear anything I like. So shut up. 
It's only me talking now. <laughs> Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. People love to pretend that there are simple formulas for living your best life now. Eat this and you won't get sick. Manifest it and everything will work out. But there are some things you can choose and some things you can't. And it's okay that life isn't always getting better. I'm Kate Bowler, and on Everything Happens, I speak with kind, smart, funny people about life as it really is. Beautiful, terrible, and everything in between. Let's be human together. Everything Happens is available wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know. I think I relate to Oprah in that, like, being in corporate world for, like, the first half of my life and being this person that listened or accepted sort of, like, really bad behavior and reacting to it in a way that made them feel like they could say anything to me. I can handle this. And realizing that, like, because especially big black women, we are already looked at these like comforting creatures. And I think that's what she leaned into a lot in the beginning of her when she started this. And I think that like a lot of black women who've been like, again, in corporate world have also leaned into this like, and then it's at some point you're like, no, absolutely not. I'm tired of listening to you. I'm tired of making you feel comfortable and okay. I want you to actually not feel comfortable and okay. You're going to listen to me. And so that's, was an amazing shift, which is, again, mm. another reason why I'm like, I do get slightly offended when you say things like Gen Z wants to, like, you know, bury <laughs> Oprah, because I'm like, you don't even get it. No. And th- this, no. Is, this is the, like, when we talked about boomer, like the boomer mentality yeah, yeah. of me, that, that is boomer mentality where I'm like, no, you don't get it. Just, you don't even know who Oprah is. Leave <laughs> so her one alone. Of the, one of our favorite moments that we talk about, we have a whole episode about Toni Morrison, but one of my favorite moments Ooh. is when she hosts that dinner party like where she is introducing basically white women to Toni Morrison, right? She's like holding their hand and guiding them through the process of which, you know, like hard reading. But the the thing that she does in that moment is not like she's not apologetic. She's like, this is the greatest writer you will ever read or meet <laughs> in your life. And I am treating her like royalty because she is royalty and you yes. need to behave. You will love her. Right. <laughs> 
You will, we will only frame her in like flattering light. I have new gold plates that I have bought for her. If you speak to her, you will address her as like, you know, Dr. Morrison or Miss Morrison, like with, with gravitas. Yeah. And you will yeah. speak in hushed tones, like nothing, yeah. right? This woman and wrote the bluest eyes. Exactly. Jack Kerouac can go to hell. Right. So it's not, it's not an explanation of why Toni Morrison is the greatest. It is, she is the greatest and you will acknowledge her as such. And mm-hmm. that is actually revolutionary for that, like, daytime talk show. Yeah. And it's so important because Black women are the only women who uplift other Black yeah. women sometimes. And so she, yeah. I think she realized that. Where it was like, nobody else is going to talk about Toni Morrison this way unless I do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same with Maya Angelou. It's the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. There are a lot of people that I think we appreciate a whole lot more. Or at least I will say... Outside of the Academy, right? Outside of the Ivy Tower, there are a whole lot more people that get love and respect because, or get a public audience because of Oprah's boosting them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Platforming, as we're talking about, is is a complicated conversation to have. And it's so subjective as to like where your personal values are, where you draw the line. And as we see that too, is you can feel one way about platforming and then change your mind many years about what you listened to, what you talked to other people about. So again, trying to judge her with that brush is going to be really hard. But, you know, judging everybody on this podcast is the job. <laughs> Um, <laughs> God dang it. I feel like people also forget that uh, the 80s were 40 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no. Oh, don't say that. Oh. Wait, who? Yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Why are you being so violent right now? <laughs> right? So uh, violent. Yeah. Alex, when, when we release this episode, can you add a trigger warning uh, before that sentence? Come on. I needed that. I needed that. I'm young at heart, okay? I'm young at heart. Yeah. I feel attacked. Why don't you oh. just ask me how much I weigh too much? Oh, wow. You want my sosh right now? <laughs> like you old (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh well i i apologize for that and speaking about apologizing for stating the obvious uh, we're gonna yeah we're we're gonna move to my uh favorite segment now uh, which is sorry not sorry where we either apologize to someone or we demand an apology and like every week i'm gonna start with with Oh, I'm not gonna. You, you don't want me to start <laughs> Damn with you. It. I was like, no, don't start with me. Okay, yeah, of I'll course go. it is you. Oh God. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I would like to uh, receive an apology for my neighbor, um, because today she was walking her dogs, and our dogs got into a little bit of a tiff, right? Which is fine. It happens sometimes. They were behind gates. So it was just kind of like a little scrape on my dog's face. That's not where the apology comes from. Okay. Maybe like 30 minutes later, I'm upstairs and somebody just opens the door to my apartment and it's my neighbor going, are you okay? And I was like, what are you doing here? She just sort of didn't knock, didn't say she was coming over or anything. She just sort of very slowly opened my door and in a very hushed tone was like are you okay i was like no what are you doing that's not okay (laughs) i know isn't that so crazy and this i'm gonna tell you something i think this is a this she's very young she's maybe like 19 or 20 or something like that so i think she's just used to like dorm room (laughs) hang out just walk into your best friend's house no biggie Meanwhile, I got a full adult grown relationship of six years. No children, but 
<laughs> but that's because of lesbianism, not because of <laughs> any other reason. So anyways, I would like an apology from my very young, lovely neighbor um, for slowly walking into my house and startling me in the softest way possible. <laughs> that was so funny. Don't do it. But also, don't leave your door unlocked. You live in Chicago. What are you doing? Oh, wow. <laughs> victim blaming 101, <laughs> Monique. Way to blame the wow. victim. <laughs> I mean, this can only be resolved with it one way, Oha. You just have to uh, break in into her house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm on a green card. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't treat around. I can't mess around with no breaking and entering. I get that. Um, But I could just next time sort of like kind of roll my eyes a little bit at her and see if she gets it. That's as far as I'm willing to go in this. Very passive aggressive. Very. (laughs) Uh, Kiki, what's, uh, what's yours this week? Um, This week, I'm actually going to apologize to my toes um, because (laughs) I... Well, you know, it actually it goes a little bit back. It started when I was going to the movies and my uh, flip-flop, the little piece came off. It snapped. I lost the thong and I lost my flip-flop and it was my favorite pair of flip-flops. And I need to replace them, but I just like, you know, I take my flip-flop because I only wear flip-flops. I don't actually wear normal shoes. I wear flip-flops like 365 so days a year. LA. So I need to like, it's like a whole experience. Like it's like buying a new car. I need to get the right flip-flops. And so <laughs> I've just been using these backup flip-flops that I don't really like. But, you know, and so then I use these backup flip-flops to get a pedicure and then ended up with a bad pedicure because the flip-flops weren't right. And then I <laughs> fucked up the toe. And then so I just want to apologize because my toes just... And so I've been wearing sneakers more, too. And I'm like, it's hot. I want my toes out. So my they're suffocating. And they have smudged nail polish. And so I'm just going to apologize to my toes because it's summer. Oh. They should be... This, should, this is their time to shine, really. <laughs> Um, but they're not, so I apologize. Yeah, those. I hope I hope they're listening to the podcast. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> they get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless you're covering them with sneakers right now and they can't hear shit. But <laughs> they can't. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, uh, Kelly, who who do you want to demand an apology from or need to apologize to? I I need to give an apology. I really do. So last, I I was in last week. Technically, Saturday was last week. Yeah. Last week, I was uh, in the airport. I was coming back home from a big trip. We were in Europe. And the airports are bananas. I mean, just crazy. Mm -hmm. But especially in Europe, it's like out of control. Like it was taking people like three hours just to get into the airport. And so I'm with my kids, all three kids, and my niece. And we're Mm -hmm. traveling, which is already stressful in and of itself. And it just felt like very inefficient. There's like two gate people. It's like thousands of people to check bags. I'm so annoyed. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to run out of snacks. That's a big deal with kids. (laughs) Like, I was just, I was so like, anxiety is like 10. And so I'm just like, as soon as we can just check our bags, once we get the bags checked, then, you know, things will be easier or whatever. And the woman who is the gate attendant is like moving slow as molasses, like slow as molasses. She's yawning. And like literally when I get up to the gate, she I counted. She yawned six times. Six times. Oh, my God. And I said to her, I was like, are you okay? Are you all right? And I'm like, what is taking so long? Like I'm looking at my niece like, oh, my God, she's she needs to wake up. Look alive, woman. Look alive. Like I'm just going off and I'm trying to rein my emotions in. 
And finally, she's like, okay, here you go. You're all set. I was like, you have our passports. She was like, oh, yeah, here are your passports. I was like, <laughs> you still have our tickets. She was like, oh, yeah, here's your ticket. I'm like, lady. And then the woman standing in line next to me goes, she just had a small baby and she's been up all night. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, I feel like a jerk. <sighs> yep. And I was like, I've been that mom. I've got three kids. I've been exhausted. Like, here she is with thousands of people. And I'm like looking her up and down like, get it together. Get it together. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, ticket gate lady. I'm really sorry. I hope you get rest and your baby sleeps through the night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, she's heard you. You've yeah. put that back out into the universe, <laughs> and she feels today she got an extra five minutes of sleep because yeah, you put I'm that sending out there. you rest. I'm sending you rest from the states. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leah, do you have any gate ladies you want to apologize to? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, so it's like Festivus over here. It's constantly the airing of grievances on my end. I have lots of beefs, lots of people. <laughs> you know, I'm a generally lovely and nice person and pleasant person to be around. But, you know, this 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 has been a summer for the ages. Yeah, so, you're in Oprah 2.0. You're probably in 5.0. You're ready to tell people off on the streets. Yes. I love it. So I'm going to talk about who needs to apologize to me. And I need every single person who shared glowingly that dumb article on social media about about the man calling his wife ugly and unintelligent, but saying, I still love you and I am blessed to have you in my life. And I had to read that trash like 20 different times with people being like, this is so sweet. They were meant for each other. And I was like, this is the most misogynistic, (laughs) dumb, like offensive piece of crap. That has mm. graced my timeline. This is everything that's wrong with social media, and I am angry. I want my time back. So <laughs> I'm reclaiming my time. I'm not going to get an apology, but I'm reclaiming my time. Oh, it was man. it was a toss up between that and that pink sauce lady. For, oh my god! For mm. daring, for daring, in, in any any uh, you know any of these influencers who actually endorse it. And I was like, I'm trying this. <laughs> you know, at the very what? end of soccer games, the the ref is usually like, we're going to add five more minutes to the game because of like fouls or the ball going out of bounds or whatever. And mm-hmm. I would like that in life. And I would <laughs> oh, yeah. like to wish that for you in life as well. I would like all, the almighty God ref to be yeah. like, you know what? She had to deal with a lot of bullshit online. So I'm going to give her an extra 25 minutes of blissful time at yes. this beach before she gets called away. Yes. 20 minutes more to the ticket lady. <laughs> yes. I want from like March 2020 until through 2024 <laughs> added to the end of my life, please. Thank Correct. you. Well, those years don't count. You know that, right? Yeah. Those years. <laughs> it's a blip. It's a blip. And that will be about the single <laughs> sports reference maybe that I make for this <laughs> next 10 episodes of I'm Sorry. But again, oh. thank you so much for being on. What a true pleasure, Kelly. I, lo- I love that. Oh, hi, you do this every week. Will you not what? let me do my, my part? I know. Every week she's like, <laughs> I don't like, care about you. And he's like, I would like an apology from you. <laughs> this podcast continues to oh, silent man. me i'm so sorry mo i'm so sorry but i do i did realize this about myself which is i i gloss over guys and this no. happens to me in my real life all the time in my improv classes and everything i'm like okay oh. we're done and if it's there's one guy left i have a blindness to him. Wow. so i just want to apologize <laughs> i want to apologize it is 
I it's think I think what's happening is it's less about guys and you becoming an actual American now and trying oh. to silence immigrants. This oh. is what's happening. Shots fired. Shots fired. That oh, felt like yeah. shots fired. I did put in my American citizenship like three weeks ago, so exactly. you've noticed I mean, a new thing about me. Please mm. let please show them the segment and you will pass. <laughs> lots of lots of airing of grievances here. I know, right? I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'm finally adapted. Oh. Nothing I love more than accusing Oha of of heinous stuff on this podcast, uh, trying to get her canceled. But uh, no, I'm I'm gonna demand an apology this week. Uh, like Oha and Kiki, no, I got my wisdom tooth removed, uh, yeah. which is not fun. I I hate that. And uh, while I was waiting for for the doctor to come in, the uh, this. Uh, nurse dude was was just uh, standing next to me and then he asked me what i do for work i was like oh i do comedy for a living i write comedy and stuff like that and that man will not stop running jokes by me yes i am laying there literally in so much pain oh and he's like oh my god i have so many scripts that i've written And then Amazing. he was like, who's your manager? Do you have a manager? He was like, can I send him stuff? And I was like, you're not. I was like, my he man. He sees the moment. He sees the moment. He said, YOLO. <laughs> He's like, now's my chance. <laughs> I know. I was like, hey, uh, you know how you, you said that uh, you asked me if I wanted like an IV sedation? And I was like, let's do that now. <laughs> I Put me to sleep. I don't want to hear this anymore. I'll pay oh, more for this. Man. Just Just leave me alone. Oh and my gosh. and then literally when I woke up from from it, he was like he was still there, and he was like, he was he was literally still talking to me. And I was like, why why like I am, I'm already going through enough. Please, if you don't start oh saying you're an accountant, I swear yeah. to God, yeah, you I gotta should. start lying to people out oh, there. Yeah, I lie all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's so funny. And I'm just like, I just I just did not have the heart to tell him, especially someone who you know had access to uh, my mouth at the time. I was like, I'm oh, not going to tell you right. that your jokes oh, suck. Yeah. You need to tell him that you're one of those car warranty folks. One of the people that calls. <laughs> like, do you want me to call you? <laughs> it was it was it was bad it was bad and I, I i i i wish that man the best and by that i mean i wish to never see him again <laughs> okay oh now you can take us out and thank you so much for being here kelly and leah thank you, thank you. Everybody, please make sure to check out Oprah Demics. It's such a great, fun podcast. Um, they bring all the smarts and the wits, I feel. Um, so if you want to get granular with Oprah, that's the place to go. Thank you guys again. Thanks so Thank much. you. I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self? 
out of nowhere and suddenly you're, you're panic sweating, you're laughing and maybe a little, little bit of tears are coming all at once. Don't worry, we all do. That's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people and we, we want to talk about it. So join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now. You can listen ad-free on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jose Andres. Maybe you know me from my restaurants or maybe from Wall Central Kitchen, the organization I founded to feed people after disasters. Well, it's time for you to know my podcast, Longer Tables. Each episode, I get to know fascinating people in the most intimate way. Through food, Stacey Abrams, Jojo Ma, Jane Goodall, Padma Lakshmi. I will answer questions from listeners too. Join me in building longer tables, not higher walls, whatever you get your podcasts.